You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Angelica. I'm your host. And joining me is my co-host, Ryan. Say hey, Ryan. Hello. Blessed day. Blessed day. Praise be. And we are back to discuss episode 11 of The Handmaid's Tale titled Liars. And oh, with yes. some liars for real in this one. <laughs> there was lots of liars in this episode. Uh, I actually quite enjoyed this episode. I don't know about you. How are your feelings about it, Ryan? Yeah, I love this episode. I, we we kept saying we wanted action, and they mm-hmm. finally got to the episode. I was like, I don't know why I had to be like, you know, episode before the last two, but I'm like, at least we finally got some action going. Yeah, definitely. Lots of action, um, lots of loose ends tied, some character come up. It was basically what we've all been asking for for the last right. few seasons. Oh, and by the way, I could definitely use a Martha spinoff after this episode. Oh, yeah. The Marthas <laughs> are like everything. I clearly, love them. Clearly, they run it. Um, they're HBICs, even though people don't realize it, but they really are like the truth. So definitely Martha spinoff, please. The Martha's Tale. Yes, I'm, uh, I will be with that. I'll be all for that. Yeah. So speaking of the Marthas, so June's basically sitting at the kitchen table looking at all these muffins. Um, and she's determined by counting the muffins that 52 Marthas and handmaids are offering to help June get the children out. Um, so she's just kind of sitting there in like shock, just realizing like, wow, people really are on board with this. One, she hears a disturbance in the next room. So we find Eleanor. Looks like they're in a sitting room. Joseph is on his knees. Eleanor has a gun. I was like, oh my God. I was like, there goes June's uh, help right there. Her allies, part of her allies. Yeah, there goes her plan. (laughs) So obviously Eleanor has not been in a great mental state, especially not considering they've not only taken away her medication, but now she's had to kind of deal with the fallout of the last ceremony. Um, Up until this point, you know, Joseph has always gotten away with not engaging in this, this ritual, but because of the new changes that are being implemented in the Boston area to reflect DC, Joseph is basically has this big giant magnifying glass on him. And as you saw in the last episode, they had to, uh, the, the powers that be bore witness to his ceremony with June. So they actually had to go through with it. So obviously it traumatized not only June, but uh, as Eleanor as well. So she's having a mental breakdown. Um, and she blames him for June's essential rape. She blames him for everything. Um, and June, I kind of want to give props to her because she basically says, like, she's talking her down, right? But she she also tells her this isn't just, you know, his fault. 
but it's your fault too. It's everyone's yeah. fault. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, June's trying know. to make people take accountable. I was like, look at June. Right, June is usually always the one that's like trying to push it off. So yeah, I like I like the side of her that they're trying to show like finishing the season off. Mm-hmm. So she's basically saying like, hey, we are all, if we haven't been active participants in this horror, we've all been silent bystanders. And even as innocent as Eleanor has been in all this, at the end of the day, she is the wife of one of the architects of Gilead. And right. she has lived in this this terrible, I would say, culture. Um, and even though she doesn't agree with it, she doesn't exactly fight against it. So, you know, she's just as culpable as anyone else. Um, so she basically, June basically tries to appeal to her and she tells her like, you know what? I need Joseph alive. You want, you want me to fix this? You want us to fix this? I need him alive to help me. And I need your help as well. Um, so she hands over the gun. She's calm. I mean, and I actually like the line when she says, um, I want to shoot him too. But I need him. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, June always gonna throw her little like get you a little bit, you know, even though she'll save your life. Yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> so afterwards, you know, obviously Eleanor has been put up in bed. She's calm now, and um, June's having herself a nice little glass of scotch. <laughs> you know, it's been a, it's been a stressful couple of days, and um, you know. Joseph sits down next to her and he basically tells her, like, you know, she's she's good at everything. Um, and he kind of calls her an ice queen, like, yeah. A little he, shade there, you know, a little shade. Little shade. Um, but he thinks of her help. Um, and she ends up telling him, you know what, like this plan that you're supposed to help me with, I found children that are, are that are coming. I found Martha's that are willing to help. And she said, like, it's 52. And he's like, huh? <laughs> Like, uh, only June, I'm going to say, like, only June has 52, though. Like, I'm so nervous. Every time I hear this number, I'm so nervous about this. Because it's June and 52 children. Like, that's yes. my plan. Like, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The more I hear this number, i like, I don't know how this is going to go down. We don't know how they're going to pull it off. And I like this line. He's like, oh, you overlooked mental illness. Um and maternal love. Oh, well, he was saying like, you know what? Clearly, this number is so big. I've overlooked. I've overlooked both mental illness and maternal love. <laughs> like this. Yeah. This is this is nuts. Yeah. Um, June, ooh, I don't know about this one. June's a little crazy, but she tells him, you know what? I'm staying behind. Um, I'm not leaving Hannah. Like I'm gonna help these children escape, but I'm staying right here. Um, but see, so I she, Hannah wasn't even there anymore. I mean, she's not, but she's still in in Gilead in the actual yeah okay yeah so she's kind of like she doesn't know where she is but she's June's basically saying I'm not going anywhere without my kids so I'm gonna do what I can because she at the end of the day she made a promise to Natalie that she would get her son out yeah um and yeah. then she would get all the children of Gilead out and that's going to include her daughter she doesn't know where she is but I'm sure by the end of this series June is going to find Hannah again yeah um <laughs> so June asks Joseph for more trucks and he agrees um, and I like the little line that he, he always has great lines, but he says, wouldn't it be funny if you actually, or she says to him, wouldn't it be funny if you actually turned out to be a hero? And he's just like, <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, <laughs> so I, I like that. So um, basically the next scene, we see Serena preparing to leave. Um, and she tells Rita that she's decided to take a personal approach to see Nicole um, because thus far, I mean, she knows that, 
you know, the governments haven't been agreeing. She knows that to a degree, um, High Commander Winslow really doesn't want Nicole back just yet. Uh, and she knows that, jo- uh, not Joseph, excuse me, F- Fred is essentially leaving her up there to kind of gain his own political means. So she's like, you know what? I'm just going to go straight to the source. I'm not going to try to do this government thing. I'm just going to go see my child. So she says she's taking a personal approach. Um, so Rita sees them off. And, you know, I do admire the relationship between Rita and Serena. Yeah, I was They've just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> she really said she used way. to physically beat her. Like, right, right. the time Nicole was coming in the picture. I was like, the fact that Rita is still there, like, she just need props for that. Yeah, Rita is definitely a ride or die, and Serena finally sees that. Um, and you can tell Serena lo- both loves and respects Rita. So she, you know, she kind of tearfully says goodbye to her, and she's like, "May God, you know, keep you and protect you." Um, so they develop somewhat of a bond, especially after you know the fire and you know Serena with their separation with Fred and, and she Rita created a thing at, for her finger yeah, her finger so we've kind of had like a close bond ever since I think Rita um, needs more screen time personally that's just me she though. does she does um and she was upgraded to a series regular I think in season two but we still haven't really seen that much of her but right. but Rita is definitely um definitely a character that I'm interested in um because she started off tough as a cookie but she's kind of a, she's definitely a sweetheart um so yeah, I would love to see that. Maybe seeing Rita and Beth interact. Ooh, yeah, that would be yeah. interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be there. See, that's what I'm talking about. That Martha spinoff. That Martha spinoff. You on to something? Uh, <laughs> so uh, basically, they're leaving out of the hotel. They're saying that I, I don't think it's Jezebel's because uh, I've never seen like I, I don't think they would let a wife <laughs> stay. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I doubt that. Yeah. Um, but they're they're in a hotel, and so you can see Serena leaving the lobby. Um, and Fred pulls up in this really fancy black, you know, sports car. And um, doing too you much. can tell, doing too much, doing the most. And you can tell he relishes um, driving again. You know, she gets in the car, and he's just like, "Oh, it's so nice to be able to drive again." Because up until this point, he's been driven around by Nick for the most part. Um, so they're on the open road. And Serena ends up telling Fred that she's really nervous. Um, And, you know, Fred kind of talks to her and he tells her how. And I feel like this is Fred once again trying to leverage. Oh, yeah. I definitely thought it was manipulation. Yeah. Um, And he's just like, oh, well, the Americans underestimate, you know, our devotion. Um, And as they're driving and looking at the, you know, the landscape and like, look how we've turned this back to its original state. Uh, Because we have to think about it before there was this environmental disaster um, and they had to basically clean it all up. Hence all the unwomen in the colonies, you know, doing the work that they do is to basically restore the land to what it was yeah so he's just like yeah you know the americans they don't really believe in us but look well look at the great we've done and i'm just like come on fred this is not about you know your your 2020 slogan <laughs> yeah about- like he's just always to me no matter what he's just always mm-hmm. in this like fantasy land of oh well i made this better and i made that mm-hmm. better but you know like what about all the people you know that you're sensibly standing on to get it to be better you know, like, exactly. what? how do they feel about everything? He's just like, oh, well, it's just, I can drive my new fancy sports car, and it's just so great mm-hmm. and grand. The Black Girl Nerds podcast will return in just a moment. You know what I love? My cats. 
I love seeing Coco and Carmelita wrestle. Seeing these two cats play fight is the most adorable thing to witness. You know what I don't love? Cleaning up Carmelita and Coco's litter box. Which is why Arm & Hammer created new cloud control litter. There's no cloud of nasties when I scoop. It is 100% dust free, free of heavy perfumes, and helps reduce airborne dander from scooping. So what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. New Cloud Control Cat Litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to you. Yeah, I mean, he's literally built this country on the the back of women, on the back of quote unquote slaves. This is these women are in, aren't doing these jobs because they want to. Right. This is they're not getting paid for this. They're virtual slaves. Um, and so you know, good old Fred. And I love actually. I mean, I don't love it, but there was a part where you hear Oprah. I didn't even um, notice it. I'm I just like glanced down, and I was like, I'm so bad. I'm about to go back and listen to this whole episode just so I can know I can see that one part. So if anyone remembers <laughs> last season when um Nick took June to see Hannah in that like uh that big giant house in the yep, woods, yep. um she got stuck there obviously by herself and she went into the garage, she tried to get the car out, but she couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So she ended up turning on the radio and she gets had a moment of um, hope when she heard this American broadcast network. Um, they don't say where they are, but they're basically underground radio, like a resistance. And um, the host was Oprah. I mean, they don't say it's Oprah, but you, it's her voice. Uh, so <laughs> the what? same radio station is on, on this episode when they're in the car and Fred just shuts it off. But we all know what Oprah sounds like. So I thought that was funny. I'm like, oh, they're just going to cut uh, off Angelica Oprah Angelica like dropping knowledge again. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I turn off the radio. He pulls over. And he's like, you know what, Serena? You want to drive? And she's like, oh, I don't know. He's <laughs> like, oh, it's like miles and miles from the next checkpoint. You'll be fine. So she puts the top down. And she puts the pedal to the metal and honey, she was down that road. <laughs> and see, that to I'm, me right there was why I could understand, you know, I could understand her her thought up until this episode because the fact that, you know, you were kind of, you kind of dead into this fantasy, but you can't even enjoy something as driving. Like a woman right. can't even drive anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I remember one time I was like, I was in a hospital for about a week. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was able to drive, it was like the best feeling ever. So that's just a week of me not driving. Or when I had my daughter, I had a C-section. Yeah. And I couldn't drive for a month. The doctors wouldn't let you drive for like a month. Um, So I was like, oh, I'm tired of getting driven around everywhere. Yeah, like, <laughs> on somebody else. And it's just like that one moment to me just, yeah. you know, you would think for somebody like Fred, but he's just too lost in the sauce. But you would think mm -hmm. something like that would be like, now my wife can't even drive herself where she wants to drive. Like everything is dependent on, you know, when the men are ready to do it. Exactly. Um, yeah, so it's like, you know, you see Joseph driving his own car around. And, right. you know, Fred could have driven on his own if he really wanted to. Um, but Serena is outright outlawed. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like Sharia law. She's outlawed from driving a vehicle. She has to be driven around. So um, definitely nice seeing her, you know, let her hair down and, 
you know, get out there and get a get a little taste of freedom. Um, and they end up stopping at the household of an, I'm going to call it an Econo family. Um, and I I thought this was kind of weird because oh, if yeah, you guys remember, <laughs> if you guys remember Eden from last season. Um, played by uh, oh, Sydney yeah, Sweeney, yeah, who's yeah. amazing in Euphoria, by mm-hmm. the way. Um, but she basically was an aspiring wife. Um, she married Nick, and obviously that went left when she decided to run away with a, a guardian, and she got executed. But besides the point, um, <laughs> these these young Akano wives, these young and the children of of these Akano families, you know, all they can hope for in life at this point is to rise up. And mm-hmm. wore blue. And I noticed like one of the daughters of the Econo family um said, like, oh, I love your dress color. Like, not even I love your dress. Yeah. I love the color of your dress because she wears blues. So that little girl is like aspiring to be a wife. Like that's all you can think of to be in life is to be someone's wife. Yeah, that's uh, it's but just that's- the worst. Like this this whole scene, this Econo wife scene just made it was just the worst. I was like, can yeah. we just go ahead and get past the scene? You know, just more of the society that they think is so great. And, you know, you got Fred exactly. a couple moments just sitting over there smiling. I'm like, really, dude? Really? Fred. He's so icky. Yep. Probably <laughs> um, for him. So- icky. Icky. Um, so, you know, we were talking about how boss the Marthas are. So, um, June is get gets pulled into the cellar or into the basement by, by Beth, who tells her, like, don't say nothing. Just answer their questions, you know, just stick to the point. So she basically, they have like a clandestine meeting with the leaders of the Marthas. Um, and they basically confront you and they think it's a bad idea, you know, her plan to help these children escape and they threaten to shut her down. Uh, and June's like, you can't tell me what to do. Like, I, I have 52 people backing me. And they're like, Girl, we make your food, okay? I was we... like, man, this is balls level right now. I was scared. I was scared. Like, yeah. I, I wasn't even trying to get 52 kids out, and I was just shocked at the screen. I was a little bit scared. She was like, we could poison you. We could make it look like an accident. We could get rid of your body, and you wouldn't even know. No like, one would oh even know. Oh, my gosh. That was like the most lines by the way i think i ever heard a martha say maybe i don't know maybe i'm missing like an episode but i just think like i felt like that was a lot of screen time for them like a lot of lines yeah definitely and you know what she says ends up ringing true further down in the episode right right like she already knew this yeah uh, just how resourceful these Marthas can be and um, just how much control and power they have, even though they're supposed to be low women at the totem pole. At the end of the day, uh, your workforce in any country, your workforce, if they rise up, they can be the most powerful because they're the people that are involved in your everyday lives. Like she said, she makes your food. They do your laundry. You know, they're, they're, they're part of your life day in and day out. They could do some serious damage. So her telling June, like, little girl, you don't want to play with me. Yeah. I could, you know, I can make you go away and nobody would know the difference. And that's, um, there goes their connection to back, you know, back to slavery that we brought up a couple of times, you know, yeah. the same sort of thing. Like, you know, you had the, the maids and everything in the house, like they're around your kids, they're making your food, mm-hmm. you know, like all of that kind of stuff that I was just always stunned when, you know, when you read in the history books, like, why wasn't that a thing that scared them? You know what I mean? Right. Because they thought, because they think because if you oppress the people, you know, so much and, you know, push them so low that they won't even think to rise up against you. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously there was slave rebellions left and right. So 
somebody had the bright idea of saying, you know what? We don't need this. Right. Um, and the Marthas are doing just that. So apparently they have this big shipment coming in. Um, security has already been heightened with the whole situation with Natalie. So the fact that June is considering smuggling 52 kids out, eh, they can't really afford to have a serious security crackdown. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, she's interfering with their plans. Right. Um, so Beth ends up vouching for her. Um, and the leaders end up kind of obliging her and they say, you know what, we won't help you, but we're not going to stand in your way. Um, so the next morning, you know, we're like, okay, great. You know, the Marthas aren't exactly, the leaders aren't on board, but the other Marthas are allowed to help them. So, okay, we're good here. Yeah. Um, and the next morning, you know, Santa comes down with Eleanor's breakfast untouched. Uh, so June's like, "Mm, that's strange. Um, you know, where's Joseph? Um, and they, they start looking for them because I, I think at this point it's the afternoon and it's like, where is everybody? So they go into his office and they see his entire study in like disarray. Um, documents are shredded and it's quite clear that he basically escaped with Eleanor. Right. And then he leaves a note behind that says, I'm sorry. So I'm just like, crap. Yeah, like, yeah. again? This became like <laughs> this, like... I don't know how you describe it, but it to me became a totally different show at that moment. Yeah. You know, because you were you were you were done worried about okay. Well, actually, you're not because the women are seriously always going to be repressed on the show, oppressed mm-hmm. on the show. Um, so that's always in the back of your mind. But it became like more of this adrenaline, like you know, almost in a, like like a small scene in an action movie where you're like, okay, where mm-hmm. are the people at? You know, like what's getting ready to happen? Like you have these Marthas and you have a handmaid that's left in the house by themselves. You know, exactly. if Lawrence wasn't coming back. So I just, I don't know. I really, I thought that was a very cool choice. Like, you know, um, writer wise, uh, camera wise, just to have that scene to kind of flip everything for a little bit. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. It gave you a sense of dread. Um, and then she kind of looks for a film and she starts to dial it, but this is Gilead. <laughs> so on the <laughs> other line is a man saying like, hi, Commander Lawrence, you know, how can I direct you? And I was like, dang, they're screwed. Yeah, I was like, what did they... Yeah, that was crazy. That whole scene was crazy. Right, but leave it to June to think up some crazy ideas. She's like, you know what? (laughs) We don't need him. We don't need him. We can use the plane that the Marthas are using to bring in a shipment to get the children out. And Beth is like, you're crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I was was with Beth on that one. I was like, you know, there is no way that's going to work homegirl quit while you're ahead like just relax because <laughs> like she's taking these risks like it's one thing when you have joseph backing you right. and you had his trucks but at this point you have no plan yeah she just oh well, let's just ruin the mar- you know let's just drag all the other marthas into this to try to get the kids and i'm like come on june come on yeah definitely not um and and at some point in episode june mentions a throwaway character or not june beth mentioned someone that she used to work with at jezebel's that was good at like Mm -hmm. bringing things in kind of like red from um from the shawshank redemption yeah 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 um so i'm not exactly sure at this point what june's thinking but she she i mean she has a plan in her head not sure if it's gonna get executed very well because the (laughs) risk (laughs) <laughs> were already high yeah. to begin with when Joseph was involved and now he's out the picture so it's like girl just just, just give it up already yeah um, June is not but, good with not having the right allies like she needs the right allies exactly um 
So we kind of backtrack back to the Waterfords. They're back with the O'Connell family. And it, you know what? I'm not going to lie. This scene was so peaceful to me. It just smelled of pumpkin spice <laughs> and, you know, apple cider. Because they're all outside. And, you know, it's they're outside on these porch. And there's candles. And this family is serenading them with hymns. And you, I could just feel myself there with a blanket wrapped around me. Just, you know, like it just felt nice and <laughs> yeah, cozy. Yeah. It was I, very I, cozy. I did get a couple weird cult feels, but yeah, I can see, I can see where the pumpkin spice could come in though. With the, with the it was culty. Yeah. It, it was culty. I'll give you that. But the whole country is culty. Right. Um, but I think it was just a way to illustrate that even in this world, you can still. Yeah, I like, I like how you me. escape with them, Angelica. I'm feeling you on that. I like you, how you I escape was, in the moment. I like that. I like it. I, I was feeling it. I was like, I need to book a retreat somewhere. This looks fun. Um, <laughs> and Serena is moved by this. Like she sees this big, happy family, I guess by Gilead standards. Um, and she kind of is moved. So she decides to take a walk in the woods. Um, and, and Fred joins her. And, he, you know, Fred's trying to talk to her. And, and he, he thinks she's worried about bringing Nicole back. And, you know, Serena gave up Nicole for a reason. Um, so thinking of bringing her back here is kind of stirring up emotions in her. Um, and she reminisces about their first apartment over top of a bakery, um, basically where she wrote her first, her first book. And then she asked him, she's like, why did you take that away from me? Um, you know, she wonders what their life would be like if there wasn't a Gilead. Um, and he, and then it kind of started to play like, what if, you know, yeah shoulda coulda woulda um and he tells her you know he would quit his job and support her as a television pundit um he'd be the man behind the woman which to me is kind of laughable right but i mean in this world despite the fact that fred has the power serena has always been the stronger person so i kind of see definitely yeah um you know and even you know if you think about her flashbacks from previous seasons uh, before Gilead was in place, you know, she was on a book tour and Fred was backing her. So you can, you can see this. Mm-hmm. Um, but Serena tells him she believes he'd get resentful and he divorced her. I believe and then too. Fred's I believe it. Yeah. And then Fred ends up because he's a very like jealous man. He likes his power. Like that's why he thrives in Gilead because he could never be this man in the real world. Yeah. You know, if there wasn't a Gilead, he'd always be playing second fiddle to Serena. Right. Um, he needs somebody he needs a way to easily get power because he's not going to take it from her like the, having exactly. them two, like she's way stronger um on a scale when it comes to both of them facing off to one another yeah definitely and then fred ends up saying you know you'd leave me for a man that could actually give you a child and i was like ooh, yeah they got deep and i was like man it's getting <laughs> it deep, deep in this forest i was like okay yeah, yeah beating the woods does that to you uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so they kind of make this little plan, like this little dream, like, you know, what if we gave up all of this? You know, what what if we bring Nicole back and we live a quiet life in the country? You know, I give up my job as a commander. You know, I, I don't care about being in D.C. anymore. Um, you know, he just wants to see Nicole grow up and be just like Serena. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess those are the magic words, because um, yeah. that night, you know, in their little country bedroom with the two beds. Um, separated. Can I just say, why are they romantic scenes so awkward? I just feel it's so awkward every time. Yeah, because it's Fred. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's got to be Fred. Fred. Yeah, I guess there's no other explanation. 
I'm sure if Serena got down with 12, we wouldn't be saying this. Um, but, you know, he reaches over to her as they're in separate beds. Um, and, you know, they haven't shared a bed in a while, yeah. I would say. And they hold hands and then he kind of reaches over and he walks over to her bed and kisses her. You, you know the rest. Um, we, I know what we, I'm not glad they cut away. Yeah, I, don't I was think to say, I'm to so glad for that cut the black. I was like, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I don't think anyone wanted to see uh, Fred get down. Yeah, I was good on Serena. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> so next scene, you know, plans apparently are salvage. Uh, Joseph returns with Eleanor, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Jude's trying to concoct this plan, he kind of comes back and he tells June he had an attack of conscience. And she's like, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Um, and he tells her that his wife is more important to her than any plan. Um, but he can't escape, apparently. Um, he no longer has the authorization to get the trucks out um or even ha- help them clear the checkpoints. And apparently that's probably why he returned because he couldn't get past certain checkpoints. Yeah. Um, so he tells her, like, I'm gonna do the best that I can for you. And, you know, I'm going to, you know, find you a place at Jezebel's or, you know, set you up with a kind commander. Um, he's going to do whatever he can to keep her out the colonies. Because, you know, Joseph knows the fact that his authority has been dwindled, the fact that he can't get past certain checkpoints, he can't, he doesn't have the power he used to have, tells him that somebody's on him and eventually they're going to crack down on him. Yeah. And June's going to be involved in that fallout. So he's going to do what he can to keep her safe. Um, and so, you know, with him saying, you know, I, I'll, I'll find you a place at Jezebel's, that kind of gives June an idea. Mm-hmm. So she asked him to drive her into the city. Um, so June's, you know, all dolled up. Uh, she tells, you know, uh, Joseph to wait outside and she goes into Jezebel's and she asks for Billy, the bartender, and that's apparently Beth's inside man. And she asked him for the trucks and he's like, What? <laughs> He's like, like, do you have any idea what you're asking? Like, it, it, you know, like he's just like, it's just, are you, just are you like serious? Shock on every, every time Jude brings this up, it's just like dumbfounded on everybody's face. It's just like, how are you gonna get forty two kids? Like, she's just playing with the whole core of the society, and she's just like, okay, you gonna help me, right? Yeah. So, I mean, she makes him an offer that he, that he can't refuse. So she's like, you know, the Lawrences have this impressive art collection. <laughs> um, you know, they have Van Gogh's, they have Picasso's. That could be worth a fortune. You get us out, you get these kids out, I will let you have all the artwork. Um, I mean, if you don't get has, caught. If you don't get caught. So she tells him he has 24 hours. Um, and he's like, all right, maybe. <laughs> what you know is definitely yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so June walks away, you know, feeling great about herself. Like, yes, I pulled this off. And then she's spotted by Commander Winslow. And I was like, oh, how is she going to explain this? Yeah, I was like, this is going to be good. Because I knew something was about to go down. Uh, I was like, oh, no, this is going to go left. I didn't realize how left it was going to end up going, yeah. but <laughs> it went left. So they go upstairs. Um, Wenzel asks, you know, why she's there. And June lies and tells him that Lawrence has a kink where he likes to send her out to Jezebel's. And she comes back and reports to him what she's been up to. Which was very clever, by the way. I give her that one. Get very clever. 
so Winslow is also clever. Says, uh, "Let's give him something. To, let's give you something to tell him." Um, and he instructs her to get on the bed. So I was like, I don't think I can take any more rape right, at this point. Right. Like, I don't think I can do this. Um, and so June steals herself. She lays on the bed. She's like face down. And I was like, this is not going to be pretty. Yeah, it's not. Yep. Um, and she kind of gives herself the same speech that she gave Joseph when they had to be forced to do the um, the ceremony. Mm-hmm. She basically tells herself to detach herself pretend it's a job you know it's transactional um but unfortunately joseph is not i mean joseph winslow is not just trying to have sex with her this is a violent man Mm -hmm. um and we i mean i knew there was something off with him but i didn't think he would take it to that level but it it looks like he's really trying to hurt her um yeah, so I, she I, fights back i always felt i always was very suspicious of this dude because he is the worst he is like if fred had any like any like skill, right right and that's, yeah <laughs> pretty much yeah that's what it that is exactly what winslow is like and he's very scary because he's so sneaky you know he's, right, so, right, like, right. He, he's so just slick with it i was like as soon as i saw him roll up behind her i was like here we go because he he's not gonna go away easily like fred fred is like falling for everything you you know anything walking he's gone and like going with the sauce but yeah winslow is that different type of guy yeah definitely so he gets pretty rough for her um and june's like you know what i'm not about to go out like this so she fights back Mm -hmm. and i think also the reason why he was rough with her was the fact that he knew she wasn't there because uh, Lawrence sent her. Yeah, he yeah. knows she's there on her own accord for something that's probably resistance related. So he's going to use her like a little toy that she is in his mind. Yeah, he um, peaked so her at fights- inspection, I think. Yeah, definitely. So he she fights back. You know, he hits her hard, but June is tough. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you know, she kicks him, punches him, all that. At one point, he does get the best there. He has her on the ground, and I was like, "Oh no, he's so much stronger." Yeah, than her. I was like, like, "What is she gonna do right now?" Yeah, this is a big guy. And so, um, she gets a pen, and I'm like, "What's that pen gonna do, June?" <laughs> but look. She was she though she be little she is fierce yeah. and she kept stabbing him and stabbing him and stabbing him. I mean you right know in the neck when you get that one shot in the neck. Uh, yeah, about thirty holes in you. It's gonna take about anybody. So he <laughs> is at, at this point. He lets her go. She gets up. He's on the ground like crawling, bleeding mm. to death apparently. Um, and June, you know, she finishes him off. So she grabs this statue. And his final words to her are his children, you know, my children. Boy, bye. Yeah. She takes that statue, boom, right across the head. Down goes Winslow. Yeah, I was like, I can't um, believe that was his last. I was like, really, dude? Really? Those aren't even your kids. Right. Um, but uh, so June at this point is in shell shock. Like she just killed somebody with a pen and while june, with a pen and a statue and you know while june has been responsible for a lot of deaths on the <laughs> show she has not outright killed anybody yeah yeah um so this is her first killing essentially mm-hmm. and she's and it was very violent you know she almost lost her own life so sh- you know she's definitely shook so she's in the corner of this hotel room his body's just laying there bleeding out and a martha comes in and she's just like whoa, 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 whoa. 
Okay. And you know what? Shout out to that Martha. Yeah, because that was that was nice. I, that was a nice hookup. I was like, what is June gonna do right now? Like I literally thought she was just gonna be stuck there in that room, just sitting there, you know, until somebody come up, like some other commander or something came up. Well, it turns out that this Martha was one of the Marthas that June saved. Mm-hmm. Um, when Joseph had her choose from the Marthas that were going to get um salvaged, she actually was one of the five that June selected as part of the resistance. So she knows June. Um, she tells June, like, you know what, you save me. Um, I'm one of the people that you, you know, you chose, you know, here's a way to escape, go out through like the service elevator, you'll be okay. And then she kind of smacks. No, I don't think she physically smacks June, but she actually, she essentially smacks her back into reality. Um, and June gets in a car with Joseph and she just tells him to drive. Um, By the way, Jezebel is not good for commanders. I mean, I don't know if they're picking this up yet, but, you know, Mora, then June, I don't know if they're picking this up yet, but I don't know. They might want to. I mean, it's a legal activity, for lack (laughs) of a better word. So, I mean, they can't really. I mean, they can't do anything, but it's like at some point you think they might put two and two together, but I mean, they might not be that smart, but I'm just saying. I think it's more like it's almost like when like a senator or somebody crazy ends up dead in a prostitute's bed. Oh yeah. So you just yeah, kind of like yeah. hide it because right. you don't want anyone to know that the senator was up to no good. Mm-hmm. So it's like okay, if you're going to murder somebody, do it at Jezebel's because you'll most likely get away with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, they better so- keep them pins out the room. I'm just saying. Just saying. So um, we get Serena and Fred. Um, and they are back on the road. Um, they are at a service station, um, and they end up getting a call from, I guess they got a call from Tuello. Mm-hmm. So, um, he pulls up on them at the service station and he tells them like, I'm going to lead you guys to a safe place to speak. Um, so he's like, it's just up the road. And uh, Fred's like, do you trust this guy? And, and Serena's like, yeah, I trust him. So, yeah. you know, I mean, this is a, I thought this was kind of funny. So they end up driving and driving <laughs> and driving and driving. And Fred's like, this is not up the road. But, but it kind of reminds me. He was still driving. This is what I, this what I want driving. to say about Fred. This is what I'm saying about not being smart. If it's ever him and Serena. Yeah, I, I think he was just a little bit too trusting. But at the same time, I just kind of reminds me of like when my dad's like, oh, I'm around the corner. Or just like, <laughs> I hate to talk about our people like this. You know, like black people, they'd be like, oh, I'm on my way. Or I'm around the corner. Like, oh, and then, like, a, like a whole hour, you know, maybe like yeah. minutes. No, it's just, you know, just get on the highway and you're straight there. And I'm like, you're lying. That was an hour drive. <laughs> Took like 10 birds. <laughs> yeah, so... um yeah, so they end up in this in the woods. They get out. Fred's like, that was not up the road. And Tawella tells Fred, uh, yeah, we're in Canada now. So you know what that means? When you're in Canada, you're officially in can- under Canada's jurisdiction. And so he pulls like a, I want to say like a cheater. Did you ever watch Cheaters? Like a, yeah, yeah, he pulls yeah. like a Joey Greco on him. And there's like this whole <laughs> squad of of you know of of canadian officials of american officials oh like a swat team yeah i was um i was like we missed the welcome to canada sign didn't we yes it was like (laughs) it was like to catch a predator like it was just one of those and so they like surround him and he's read his rights and he's arrested for war crimes um and then like 
you know, Serena gets taken away and she's yelling for Fred to just to cooperate. And I was like, well played, Tuello. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well yeah, got him. They should have just played that across the screen. Got him. Yeah. That, yeah, that was good. That was good the way they played that. I was just like, so, like, she really thought they were just going to bring Nicole and everything would be everything. <sighs> I don't know. Yep. I don't know, but it was nice to see Fred pay for all of his crimes and I to see the look on his face. She was smart enough, but I don't know. She probably just really thought they were going to bring Nicole in there, but you know. I mean, she, I, I'm, I'm not sure if she really thought it, but she she thought she had hope. Uh, maybe she was going to try to negotiate with Twello to maybe like see her. I don't know, but well played, well played, sir. Yep, yeah, well played. He was mad because <laughs> and, the first two times he tried. You know, she was just like, oh, okay, well, I just got to go back to my husband and everything. See, we knew he was coming back for a third time. Because how you going to walk away from him twice? I wouldn't walk away from him once. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> right? Right? I just, I don't know. Oh. Serena just, I can't help her. Well, you know, she might be rushing into his arms one of these days. But because <laughs> uh, her husband's about to be put on trial for warm, for war, cry, yeah. war cries. War cries. Oh, they're going to be walking around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be living in the woods happily ever after yeah, anymore. I think that story kind of over. Um, <laughs> so this next scene, I'm going to call it the cleanup scene. So you see oh, yeah. just how powerful these Marthas are. So the Martha cleans up basically any and all evidence that somebody was murdered in this hotel room. Um, you know, so June awakens to a new day and she puts on her uniform um, which is a red dress and then it kind of intercuts with the blood of Winslow as it's cleaned away so it's like June's red dress uh, you know Winslow's blood so blah 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 yeah I, um, love, that. I Mar- love the way they split screen it that was bomb also yeah. the Marthas undercover are mobsters maybe I don't know like something's going on something, something's going on but I love that I love that scene they are and so they're cleaning up the blood they're they're you know they're they're uh using a steam cleaner they're getting rid of the sheets they even get rid of winslow's body they put him in an incinerator um and they wash the bloody sheets everything's clean like like it never happened yeah. they even put like a tablet like, on the pillow oh my god I, it was like wrong but dope all at the same time i don't know how to describe it but it was just like it was like some things were wrong about it but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it I, was cool to I, see that to see them have the power. I believe the Marthas when they said they can make you disappear. They absolutely can. Yeah, <laughs> like nobody will ever know what happened to Winslow, right? Because there's not a stitch of evidence that he was killed. Um, and so you know, as the Marthas cleaning up the hotel room and getting rid of Winslow's body. June is getting ready for her day. I guess her plan. And uh, Joseph hands her a gun. And at this point. It's on. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. Will you give June a gun? What? Yep, that's the end of the episode. Um, so I guess next week look forward to seeing how this all plays out. <laughs> Everybody enter June's room slowly. She now has a gun. Just saying. Yes, yes. So yeah. Like I said, I really love this episode. Um, it definitely uh move the plot along mm-hmm. we finally saw some progress fred finally got his serena might be free you know winslow got killed june has a plan <laughs> like it's all coming together although i feel like it's going to fall apart yeah it's all coming together right yeah. now <laughs> yeah yeah it'll come together for a little bit then you know it's going to be some kind of fallout and then um did you get to see the um inside the episode with um elizabeth moth 
I did not, but go ahead and break it down for me. Um, well, basically, the only thing, the one part that I liked that they went through was that she said, basically, when it comes to her relationship with Lawrence now, she realizes, <laughs> okay, she doesn't have, Lawrence doesn't have to like her. You know, she doesn't have to give them to like her. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need him to do what she wants him to do, which I thought was interesting. Because right. June has always played off that, like, you know, using, you know, um, how... Right, to kind of get him but she's finally realizing like i just need you to do what i need you to do like there's a way for me to play this and she want to be you know because she's always to me she's always seen a little bit below him because he's always thinking like 10 steps ahead to what she's got coming up so i just thought that was interesting that shift that they have now like you know whenever they come together and they're drinking like they bourbon or whatever just chilling Mm -hmm. she finally figured out i feel or what she needs from him yeah i think he's very direct and to the point ask him what you want um and ultimately if she uses not uses but you know convinces him this is the best option for his wife which is the person he really cares about she get whatever she want out of him versus using her sexual prowess on fred right she doesn't have to do that with, with Lawrence. and he said that you know the first time they were alone together um she tried to give him like the sexy like oh is there anything i can do for you yeah. and he was like does that really work on fred right she just hadn't hit him at the right moment you know until these episodes that are coming right right yeah she found her stride with him so definitely um let's see how this all turns out you know at the end of the day i know lawrence orchestrated this mm-hmm. um but like i mean unlike fred i just think he's way more layered i don't think he's an evil guy i oh, think yeah, he I don't just think, yeah about it the wrong way yeah. like his idea of saving the world was just a bad idea yeah <laughs> yeah and he's like and now that he's trying and then the fact that his wife i mean not you know not like she's an innocent bystander you know there's there's decisions she could have made too but mm. the fact that you know at the, now at this point he's basically just dragging her along you know right, for the right. ride and it's just like but i don't think he's a bad yeah i don't think he's any way compared to like a fred or something like that or a Winslow. Yeah. Like, I just don't, yeah, yeah, I, I think he just tried to, yeah. Him. I think he had an idea, but he got involved with too many people that took it to the left. Mm-hmm. So, and now he's like, and you can't back out, you know, with his position in the society, you can't just back out and say, oh, well, I didn't really mean like that. You know, after you've right, already right. done so many things. Exactly. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this all pans out. And you know what I'm curious about? Where, what's up with Nick? Yeah, like, I was just thinking that. Yeah, where is Nick? Yeah, man, maybe he's the. Right. I wonder if he's like a season four bombshell. Maybe because they kind of set it up for him to be kind of this almost like a monster in his past that nobody knows about, and then he disappears. So it's like, what exactly? Yeah, will, I thought him and Nick- June were go- would have like a huge fallout by now. Like I thought something was going to happen like dramatic between both of them. Right. So we'll see, you know, exactly if he will come into play in the f- series finale. I have or season finale. I haven't seen it. All. I'm only up to episode 11. I still got 12 and 13 to get through. Oh, yeah. But we will definitely touch on it next week. Um, You'll hear the last two episodes coming from us. Also, something to look forward to, guys. We're doing a power Woo-hoo podcast so that's upcoming as yeah, well we're gonna we so, all the way into the mobster we don't know if it's gonna be some mob, yes. some authors but we're getting in there we're getting in there so yep we look forward to talking to you guys next week whether it be on our new power podcast or if we're just going to be wrapping up the handmaid's tale but definitely look forward to new content guys and we'll talk to you soon see ya bye bye The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. 
The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.